of the worst baseball movies ever made uh, on the D-Ray's Bay Podcast Network. There we go. Brett, you're not even going to edit it out. You're going to leave me making that. You know, I I know it. Anyway, uh, welcome back to our third episode. And it's going to be a doozy. And I hate every single one of you because we left this up to the audience to pick. And I went to Twitter and said, hey, guys, what should we watch? And my good friend Adam Dubbin over at Bless You Boys was like, hey, uh, Air Bud, seventh inning fetch. And I thought, there's no way anybody will pick this because we had better options in the poll. Well, better, worse options. But lo and behold, in two different polls, one on the D-Ray's Bay website and one on Twitter, you guys all unanimously selected that we should watch Air Bud, seventh inning fetch. And so, uh, thanks to the gods of Amazon Prime, we were able to not pay to watch that, but uh, we did indeed all collectively <laughs> observe um, a very special family One film. Second. Yeah. Is it free on Canadian Amazon Prime? Because I yeah. had to pay for it in the US. No. Oh! This, you Canadian bastard. <laughs> it was absolutely free on Canadian Prime. I'm so sorry, you guys. Uh, I, don't, I didn't look into the rest of the Air Buddies universe the cinematic universe as it were, but uh, this one was definitely free. I thought actually it's a it was originally a Walt Disney property um, and then got redistributed, but it, it I thought it might be on Disney Plus, but it sure was not. Um, so definitely Darby, wasn't. <laughs> they, you, they wanted nothing to do with these yeah. movies. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the fourth film in the Airbud cinematic universe, uh, Airbud Seventh Inning Fetch. Well, Ashley, I'm going to, last week I read a description from Rotten Tomatoes, a synopsis. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes does not have a synopsis for this movie. So I'm going to go to IMDb. Uh, But the synopsis does not really do it very much justice. So the synopsis for Air Bud, Seventh Inning Fetch is Josh has gone to college and his little sister, Andrea, enlists their dog, Buddy, in her baseball team, just as Buddy's puppies are kidnapped by Rocky the Raccoon. Okay, first of all, uh, that that is not, <laughs> it's technically the film we watched, but that is the weirdest synopsis of this film. And also, I did not know that the raccoon was named because it does not named in the, I, I guess they do say maybe Rocky, but I wasn't really paying attention to that. But I feel like Rocky is not the primary kidnapper and would only be charged as an accessory to two very to crime. people. I don't think... I, I feel like this is uh, some very unfair slander to Rocky the raccoon, who is just just trying to get some keys. He just likes those shiny objects. Rocky, if anything, is an innocent bystander in that whole mess. Like he he wants nothing to do with the sinister plot to uh, steal the sports excellence gene from Air Bud and his excellent sporting puppies. And for some reason, the mad scientist professor who is undertaking this so that he can sell this perfect gene uh, to professional sports athletes everywhere. Um, he made, he's, the plot is he wants to steal dogs' talent to make a steroid. He yeah. wants to make steroids, the best but steroids. To do so, he needs every single one of Bud's puppies and Bud himself. Um, because I guess, I mean, what kills, so let's just look at the logic of this for one second if we can find logic in this and then I'll let you get back to the plot. Um, Airbud, Buddy, uh, the titular title character of these movies is good at every sport, all of them. He can play basketball, which is the first movie. Yeah, there's a backstory we missed in this BT dubs um, that we had to fill I did feel a little sport. lost jumping in. This is the fourth Airbud and I did yeah. feel a little lost into characters and locations and there's a whole cinematic universe that I, yeah. I I, yeah, I don't think any of us here are are I, air bud aficionados. So. No, and I did look up the story. So when we get into the actual plot of the movie, I'll I'll give some background. But the the main crux is that they have to steal all the puppies to get all of the different, and they're not they're they're full grown dogs. Like let's they're they're not rough and tumble tiny little golden retriever puppies. And literally every single one of them is played by the same dog. Um, I checked. He's got the the credits for every single one. It is just Bud playing every single dog in this movie. Um, so a real chameleon, good, just a chameleon I, performance. I, I think maybe in like the wide shots, it's a bunch of different dogs, but anything where it's actual sports, it's the actual talent dog playing those roles. Um, but yeah, so they have to kidnap a dog that can 
play football, one that can play basketball, one that can play soccer. And these dogs are owned about town. But the thing that kills me about this is that if they need each of these dogs for their individual talent, yet the main title dog, Buddy, can also play all of these sports, why don't they just need to kidnap Buddy? I mean, I get it. The plot would not be the same if multiple <laughs> dogs were not going missing. But I feel like there was a logic missed by the four writers of this movie that uh, might have been, uh, you know, useful for another round of rewrites there. Four. four uh, actually, it's, it's interesting that you say four screenwriters because it seems like there was like four different plots to this movie. Yeah. And maybe they each were tasked with their own separate plot or, or something. Maybe four different people pitched a fourth Air Bud movie and they're like, yeah, we'll take all of those and put them into <laughs> one movie, which is what we saw. I know we criticized the scout for not being able to pick a lane. And I think that's going to be the same thing when we have to talk about for love, like for something like, you know, Trouble with the Curve, which also has a lot of trouble picking a lane. Um, but my God, what was, this movie felt like it was three hours long and I think was somehow only 80 minutes. <laughs> with with the, so like the main plot of the film, and when you go into an Air Bud film, I, I would assume what I was looking forward to is a dog playing baseball. That's the thing, right? It's a dog playing a sport. That's it. That's what I'm here for. It's a kid's movie. I'm not ex asking for like Ben-Hur or anything. Yeah. I'm not looking for On the Waterfront. I'm just looking for a dog playing baseball and for the first almost 30 minutes, there is not anything even resemble, like not even a whisper of a baseball. There's not like a ball and a shot. There's not a glove. There's not a bat. There's nothing. And, and there's a montage of the dog of, of Buddy going around town, checking in on all of his, his, uh, his pups, playing sports or hanging out in front of a barber shop and hanging out in front of a gas station and all that. But there's no baseball at all. And the first like third of the movie is a is sort of about the brother leaving and the sister is sad and the parents are consumed with a new baby. And so basically it's just this weird, boring family yeah. drama, which maybe this, it's, it's very much, a, a it's sort of like the plot of Toy Story is that the brother leaves and so now the the sister is is kind of left with the the the, the passed down thing instead of toys it's it's bud the super dog but you don't need any of it and then there's also the weird it starts with the weird creepy plot of these guys in a in a airstream just plotting this dog napping uh caper I, we don't need any of this. Just give us the dog. Like it's the, yeah. there's a film at the by like midway through the film they've completely abandoned everything they set up and they kind of pay off some things, but it's mostly goes back to this girl who's just inept at everything possible. She's the most unathletic human being on earth, and eventually training with her super athletic dog to become good at baseball, and then and then she plays baseball and yay and and the dog is playing baseball and hurrah everybody's happy but there's all this weird filler it's just it's so strange yeah why so i think there's some important backstory to know if for any unbelievable reason you decide to watch airbud seventh inning fetch after this um this is the last movie to feature the primary cast i looked up so this is the last movie to feature you know what was his name kevin was the main kid or whatever it was i don't know josh Zach. josh thank you some totally a ge generic name. name yeah um so in the first airbud movie and i'm not even making this up a dog named old blue escapes from his old carny owner who no longer wants him and is discovered by young josh who is going through a little bit of trauma following the death of his pilot father who died during a test flight. And so there's a scene you'll see in this movie with Josh going to bed and he's got a picture of his pilot dad on the, the thing next to him, which is not explained at all because up until that point, Al from um, Tool Time and you know, um, you know, Home Improvement TV's is the, the dad. Yeah, he's, he's the dad. And so you kind of get confused by this man in a pilot's uniform on Josh's nightstand and the watch that he ultimately gives Andrea. 
Um, so the backstory is their father died, Andrea and Josh's dad, and his mom was very sad and they had this town and he adopts this dog from a carny and the dog can play basketball. Josh is accepted by everyone in his new town because he's good at basketball. His dog is good at basketball. Everything is great. Uh, the carnage comes back and tries to get the dog. Uh, a judge rules that the dog gets to choose its owner. And of course, Buddy, yeah, I'm not kidding. I can see Brett laugh. <laughs> The, the judge decides, let's let the dog decide, much like uh, normal custody battles. And um, the, the dog obviously chooses Josh because the mean old carny was never very nice to him anyway. And um, Bud gets to stay with his new family. So that is the premise of the first film. And subsequent films, and the only reason I bring this up is because Darby made a very good point when we were chatting about this movie before it happened. In every subsequent film, even as Bud has puppies, he proves to be excellent at a new sport. So there's, there's this town, which is inexplicably in this universe, overrun by golden retrievers who can do whatever they want. Like Bud literally shows up at Andrea's school and is hanging out outside the cafeteria, looking in the window and everyone's like, hey, Bud's here. And they all applaud because it's very normal to have a dog in school. And like the dogs are running amok doing whatever they would like. And the town's just like, yep, that's sure our dog population. And Bud is like hometown hero who can do anything and do no wrong. Uh, and that's just life in this tiny Washington town. Um, so it speaks later to a bit of confusion as to why anybody would be surprised that said wonder dog is not amazing at baseball. It's, yeah. So, so, so Bud is this, Buddy is kind of an amazing creature who can do all these tricks. He's great at sports and also is the actual parent of Andrea because her parents are just completely uh, focused on the baby. And so they're completely, just completely abandoned Andrea. And so Buddy is basically carries her backpack to school because she forgets it. Uh, is like checking in on her, is like escorting her around to, it, it basically, I he is the parent uh, of this, of this, which that they would be a much more interesting film if it was just a girl and her dog, and that's that's the whole thing. But no, but she. I, what's weird is this whole town has clearly uh, realized that like these dogs are like super special and it's super fun and they get to do anything they want and they're celebrity, right? Like he is a huge celebrity, probably could win the mayor of this town. Might actually be the mayor. Don't know they. It, I just could assume he's he's a, he's perfect. Uh, so yeah, when it comes later on to this scene where they're down a player on the on the the baseball team, and they're like, "Oh, we we're out of players. We're gonna have to go with the one short in the defense." And Andrea suggests uh, Bud to play. It's this like huge like what? But it's like it's obviously why? Why would anybody be surprised? This 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 animal has led your town to success and is an icon and it's like why not why not why would anybody be shocked by this and also why would that coach not have that idea there's a yeah. scene before this where she is watching bud train andrea in a variety of baseball things uh and she sees that and i'm like oh i get it i see what's going to happen she's going to be like we should get Buddy on the team. But no, it's entirely Andrew's idea and the coach is like not a part of it and shocked. And it's like, why wouldn't you at first, why not reach out and get the, the famous athlete dog? Yeah, because because and, Andrew's like, is it too late to add somebody new to the team? And the coach is like, who did you have in mind? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, the super sports dog that runs your town. Can we go back to the, like the whole fact that there was a tryout? Andrea was clearly the worst player at the tryout which is fine. It's a junior high baseball team. That's fine. But then like, I'm assuming since there was a tryout and they had to convince Andrea, the Tammy had to convince the coach to put Andrea on the team. That means there were players cut like players that aren't on the team and they decided to carry just 10 players. And now when you're missing two players, cause you're pulling Randy out of the game and Tammy was injured, there's no other players. And if I'm a middle school student that was cut and there was a dog playing in my spot i'm ha i have a problem i don't know that that dog is air bud like that that dog is the greatest athlete to ever grace that town's 
you know, field in general. So, I mean, if I'm that, that kid that got cut, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I get it. There's that part. kid's parents definitely love Air Bud more than they yeah. love their kid, I'm sure. They were like, but, shut up. I wish you were Air Bud. Why? Brett, Brett I'd love you to rewatch the scene of the tryout because I'm entirely certain every single player who tried out made that team. Um, and in fact, by not picking Andrea, they would have absolutely no depth left in their bench. So She was the um, only bench player. She was yeah. the only bench player. So I think maybe the coach had fewer options than she was letting on. And when Tammy was like, please coach, let Andrea play. She's like, yeah, that's, that's really not going to be a problem. I got, I got to let everybody on because there's a new mandate from the school district. I can't cut anybody. Um, just, you know, don't get hurt. So um, yeah. So the reason we get to baseball almost 30 minutes into this movie, I think Brett counted it and it was 24 minutes into the, the movie. 24 um, minutes and 15 seconds. And it's, um, it's a long 24 minutes until you get there. But the reason Andrea joins the team is that I guess everyone at her new middle school uh, has to pick up an extracurricular of some kind. And so there's a moment where her and her best friend Tammy are looking at the board and they, they do a little bit of a montage where they try pretty much everything from gymnastics to home ec to, to all these things. And as Darby mentioned, she is terrible at everything. Uh, explodes the kitchen in home ec, which was pretty impressive. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, she, she's like, okay, well, all that's left is baseball. The coach comes up the stairs and she's like, let's go try out for baseball. And uh, I, I think the key point there is that Tammy, the best friend, is sensational at baseball. She picks up a bat and she is a natural. She does a Gina Davis split in the middle of her first game because sure, why not? Um, they're doing like little newspaper clippings of isn't Tammy the greatest thing to ever happen to this team. And that I think might, I mean, I, I don't want to get too early into our best and worst of this movie, but Tammy being amazing at baseball was a really high point for me because the beginning of the scene where they go to the tryouts, there's this little Trevor Bauer wannabe tiny, he even looks like him. <laughs> Reggie, Randy, whatever his name is. I think Randy. Um, Brandy or something like that. Yeah. So he even looks like a matter. tiny It doesn't matter before. what his name is. It really and Let's call he's him the first one. He's the first one out the gate to be like sexist everything. Just casual sexism. Just like, you know, they couldn't make it in the kitchen. Like, shouldn't they be somewhere else cleaning up after the team? Like, just like whatever to his female coach. Like I was really liked. Yeah, the not, not smart. Woman, it's not smart plan in there, Randy. Which I thought was good. But I think my favorite Randy moment was where they're trying out and Tammy's playing catcher. And his way of proving that like she wasn't good was to throw the ball real hard at her. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Your way of proving uh, a woman can't play baseball is to throw a ball at a catcher real hard. Uh, way to go, Randy. You're going to need a little bit more work on that, I think if you want to develop into a true chauvinist pig. Um, but <laughs> you're yeah. also going to need to work on your, uh, your, your stamina. Cause you were just getting flamed out of those games very early. Yeah. He was having some arm issues pretty frequently in those first couple of rounds. Tommy John in his future for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that guy's getting out of college without any uh, surgery. I do want to say with, with Tammy, what a great friend she is. What a amazing yeah. rock that Tammy is pulling this, absolute dead weight Andrea along for the ride like really like okay so they're going into junior high apparently they made no friends besides each other in middle school because they're just sitting alone in loners which is just like I, you would there's a lot of kids that would also be doing the same transition as you anyway they they are loners but Andrea's biggest thing right is she has this Again, the, the Air Bud is her dog. And she's like, just let Air Bud sit with you at the thing. You'll be the most popular kid in school. But thankfully, Tammy is there to be a friend of hers and is trying her best. And her friend is embarrassing her constantly. But at the very least, she's like using her clout as the best baseball player in the school to get her friend just onto the team, to give her something just anything to give her life meaning at this point. Mm -hmm. And what what a what a great friend. I wish we all had a friend like Tammy. 
well tammy even says to the coach she's just like look if if andrea can't join the team i can't either because i can't just leave her like she's clearly excellent at this sport and she clearly enjoys it but she's willing to absolutely abandon something she's good at and a natural at to make sure her friend isn't lonely and left behind and yeah it's uh as far as like lessons go if we're talking about a kid's movie as a takeaway i think that that you know being a consistent and good friend to those around you even when they're exceeding expectations and you're not is a really good takeaway um because yeah tammy's amazing and then the, the andrea kind of blows up at her when she realizes that tammy was the reason she got onto the team which i don't think is fair like did, did andrea honestly think it was her natural talent that got her onto that team like she's she's just like twirl she's like spinning upside down in the dugout she's just staring into walls like you yeah. like come on you know that you're terrible at this. The first time she gets into a game, she causes them to lose because she doesn't back off when Randy calls the ball. She so, was like, uh, an infield pop-up and she runs from deep right. What are you doing, Andrea? Yeah. Also though, I will say on that play, where is the backup? This is a pop-up in the infield yeah, and the ball is just stop? sitting there. Where's the second base? Where's the shortstop? Where's the first baseman? <laughs> Somebody pick up the goddamn ball. What why are you doing is, out there? Why is your pitcher the one catching an infield fly ball? Honest to God. Because it's Randy. Yeah. Grandy's got to do it all. He's the only one with lines. So if, if anybody else had to catch it, they'd have to pay another kid to have like a speaking part. <laughs> um, so let's, I want to, the plot of this movie is absolutely insane. Um, all of the plots. All of the plots. And they're so, they're, they're kind of left out to dry. Like none of them interact until the very end, which is really problematic, I think. So I think the, the three question mark main plots of this movie are- I've compiled a list actually. I see that. I thank you. <laughs> the, the professor is stealing the dogs to create the super serum to to sell to professional athletes who I would like to point out are already very good at the sports they play and probably don't need a super serum from a dog. This, better. this was actually he went on to found Balco. I think is the oh. is the thing he actually <laughs> was injecting. Um, and and then they think the other part is like the family drama for Andrea because she's missing Josh because he's left that relationship was a little bit weird. I don't know. I, if that was just me, I, that was a, a little bit uh, unusual, like honest to God. And I, I don't want to like lean on this too heavily, but the moment they reconnected at the game after she'd won, that scene would have played the exact same way if that was a romantic movie. hundred percent. Like it, no yeah, difference. the exact like, same thing. Between yeah. like seeing the guy in the audience and him going, you got this. And then a big hug where she's literally like wrapped arms and Jumped legs around arms. him at yeah. the end. It was a little bit, it felt a little weird. It, I, I don't know. That one was just like, mm. so, and then she's also having issues because she's, you know, the middle child. Her mom has remarried. They have a new baby and, you know, the baby's obviously getting all of the attention. And then Josh says, you can have my room when I leave. And she's like, no, 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 I want to leave it the same. So mom's like, cool, we'll make it the new nursery. And like, it's, it's all of these like, you know, struggles with being at home. And then there's baseball. And so the, I think the, the friendship with Tammy aspects kind of fall into the baseball background and, and where she struggles with the team, struggles with her best friend. But you have these three very, I think, honestly, my biggest problem is that like that kidnapping dogs subplot didn't need to be there. It doesn't need to be there. There's plenty of drama. You could have had an absolutely perfect movie. Not perfect. I mean, like, let's not get carried away. <laughs> it's air blood But like, you could have had a very serviceable family-friendly movie that was relatable to kids because of struggles with a new baby coming into the house when you're an older sibling, another older sibling moving away and going to college, struggling with your friends, going into middle school from elementary school. You know, like there's all of these things that I think are actually very relatable to the audience that this movie is meant for. And I think that the only reason they did what they did with the dog kidnapping subplot is because most movies need an antagonist. And I don't think Randy, the like chauvinistic jerk pitcher from the team was enough of one to create that kind of friction that I think traditionally is called for in a kid's movie where you have like the actual, you know, villain quote unquote. And so they needed to do something, I think one to involve all of the other dog puppies that have been in previous movies to give them cameos and to make an easy villain that you could cheer for when he ultimately, spoiler alert, ends up driving his car into a pig pen and gets covered with, you know, poop. 
Solid, solid practical effect though. They drove that that Mini Cooper into into yeah. a pig. So not bad. Like pretty pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah, I it, it's. I feel like you could just you could make the movie about the dog cat dog napping plot, mm-hmm. and maybe Andrea and Tammy are like junior sleuths out to solve the case, or you can make it about the baseball. Making it about both is weird and just doesn't work as a movie part because like there could have just been more time developed to the the baseball stuff like the the plot of them trying to succeed and it just is it's very strange so as a as a film you get to this point where you have to raise the stakes where they are all the dogs are kidnapped they are now trying to track them down get your low point in act two where it's all the bleakest as possible for the for the heroes and at this point, to make the film work, the the game has to continue and people have to play and and everybody's in the stands and they're w- watching this championship game and they're not, and but but Andrea, Tammy and Airbud are gone. But the problem is, why does nobody care that two small <laughs> children and the hero dog of the town are just not showing up to this huge event you have you have Richard Carn, Al Borland from from Tool Time in the stands. Couldn't care less. Just sort of like I don't know where she is. Who cares? The mother has like she kind of like shuffles her hat a little bit, but they don't leave. They are still locked into that game watching. Yeah. She's <laughs> watching like the I school. don't think she'd forget. Like no no mom. Clearly she didn't forget. I, where, I don't think. Where's your child? I don't what think the girl with you? that has spent months improving herself as a baseball player to become you know the second best pitcher on the team inexplicably, uh, is is going to just miss the championship win all game against the baboons. Um, I, I just <laughs> I don't I don't see it, mom. But maybe all those kidnapped dogs that have been disappearing over the past weeks that should be a bit of a concern in any world where serial killers are real and dogs are their first targets uh, should cue you into I don't know maybe worrying about two missing preteen girls that haven't shown up for the first seven innings of this game. I, I don't know, maybe. It's it's inexplicable. Yeah, so clearly the Airbud universe does not live anywhere that anybody can be killed. Um, so nobody's actually worried about the safety of these girls at any point. Um, they're not concerned about their own safety because they go on a bike chase after the dog nappers without telling anyone where they're going or alerting the police in any fashion and then break into their trailer to let the dogs free with the help of Rocky the raccoon. Um, sure, he immediately turned. He was, he was, uh, he was just, yeah. he, he was, was going like, with the wind right there. I don't care about this watch. I want those shiny keys. You bet I will let you out of here. Let's just do this thing. But these girls have absolutely no consideration for their personal safety. Uh, so nobody has ever taught them about stranger danger. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful universe to live in where dogs can do anything they want and uh, nobody will hurt you. The The fact that they were watching this junior high baseball game for a team that their daughter's on, but in which she was not at the game. I know it was the championship game for a team that was down to eight players. They were missing two human players and one canine player. That was the weirdest part of the movie. And it just like, you could say like, Oh, let's stop the game. Let's go figure out what's going on because, Oh yeah, there's also these dogs that are missing. And are these dogs so trusted that, can they just go leave for a couple days? And is it just this big coincidence that like all four of them have been gone for a week now? I don't even know how, because the first dog disappeared at like the beginning of the baseball season. So this it, dog is like just months. gone. Months. Yeah. He's been missing. <laughs> yeah. They've been gone like progressively every few weeks throughout the course of it. And like nobody, like obviously their owners. And it was kind of, it took me a while to, to realize if anybody owned them at all. Like for a while, I was just like, these dogs have their own homes somewhere and they're just going wherever they want to. But no, no, they each like the gas station owner owns one. One of the guys who has no job and just plays basketball a day has one. The very stereotypical Italian hairdresser has one. I believe at one point he actually exclaims, Mamma Mia, when he falls over something. So if we want, this movie does have some racial stereotyping for you. I'm glad he was a, it was a barber though. Like he could have easily ran the pizzeria, but they decided I'm not going to go that. I'm going to go with 
barber. Yeah, but uh, every single one of the dogs also had their own like outfit so that she could tell them apart, which was lovely. Everyone had their own little uniforms, including the little wrist sweatbands for uh, for the shooter. Shooter, that was his name, because that led to like shooter. a hilarious misunderstanding with the sheriff, where he's like, shooter. And he's like, oh, you're missing your gun? Oh, what kind of gun is it? And they're like, no, no, it's my dog. What's his name? Shooter. And I thought when he started yelling shooter that the, the, like, the guy would hit the ground and be like, wah! But um, they did not run that joke into the ground. It was, um, you know, pretty, you know, the, like the sheriff is 900 years old and wearing a hat that I've never seen something that size before. But I did have to laugh when the basketball guy knocked on it because he couldn't quite figure out how to wake the sheriff up. So he like knocks on the giant Stetson, which I thought was a nice touch, but I don't know why the sheriff in Washington state is wearing a Stetson to begin with. Um, I don't know, Darby, you, you live in the Pacific Northwest. Is that a thing? I think because you mentioned this uh, in the Slack, this was a Canadian production, yeah. And you will you will see you will hear a lot of um, some Canadian twists on on words. I feel like the the hat, the ten gallon hat, was definitely a view, a foreigner's view of what America is. This is what a sheriff looks like in America, and it's and it's Yosemite Sam, a nine hundred year old Yosemite Sam. One, I take offense to that. And I don't appreciate you stereotyping Canadian stereotypes of others. I also don't appreciate that you think we say sorry weirdly. I, I don't, I don't Listen, think we Tammy, Tammy was throwing some, some great white North uh, accent on that. So like we do say a, but like, I don't think you understand how we use it. <laughs> like, I'm, she kept I'm, those under control. It was, it was really the, it was really the stories that, uh, that was the telltale gave her away her spy her spy work in uh, in yeah. washington state um before before we go for a break and then we'll come back and kind of discuss the actual baseball and there's um, a lot to discuss and, on the baseball side yeah we'll, we'll get into kind of the the nitty-gritty of the baseball which i think was uh, you know superior to some of what we've seen elsewhere hilariously and um talk about who we would pick up for the race um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about it being a Canadian production because I think Darby, you had floated the idea of us watching a, a Hallmark movie about baseball, I think called Perfect Catch, um, which is available anywhere you watch Hallmark films. And no shade. I, I watched a Hallmark movie last week instead of watching this. Um, but one, I'm furious because Perfect Catch is the name of a baseball book I have written that's a baseball romance. So I'm mad that it's already been turned into a movie that isn't mine. But two, if you are an aficionado of Hallmark romances, especially Hallmark Christmas movies, um, which is its own kind of unique Goliath in terms of entertainment, um, there's a, a very kind of specific machine that churns out these movies. And I, I only say that because I'm literally writing a Hallmark Christmas movie as we speak. <laughs> so, um, but there's a system by which you go from having like a script to going through production to releasing these movies in less than six months. Like it is a system and they churn out these movies because there's such a high demand for them because women like me, and I know some men out there enjoy them too, like no shade to anybody who enjoys these movies because I am one of them. I will watch 50 different Hallmark Christmas movies from November through the end of December because they release like seven of them every weekend. And my mom and I will sit there and like, just chew through them. And this movie felt like the kid's version of that. Like, it's very much like we have a stable of Canadian actors that we can rely on. We have a crew that's always available to us. Let's just spit out a quick movie that we know kids will respond to and consume. And we only have to use one dog actor for the most of it. So that's pretty cheap. And it, it is a lot of like, oh, that guy in terms of Canadian cinema, like the guy that plays the professor or the evil doctor or whatever, I looked it up and he is literally in every single Air Bud movie playing a different character. Like he's referee, referee, official evil doctor. And he's in all sorts of like weird other movies like Santa Paws 2 and like every he's in a bunch of Christmas Hallmark movies so like they have these stable of people that are available to them at a notice and they can 
you know, turn out a movie that's available for release and making them money back in the span of less than six months. So of course they're going to make 9 million movies about cute dog heroes. Um, but it does make me kind of want to watch that Hallmark one next now to kind of see where the, the difference comes in, in terms of, of an audience that's for kids and an audience that's for adults. So anyway, it, go ahead, Darby. I was just about to say, so it's interesting too, because you mentioned uh, like the actor. I looked up the director, Robert Vince, um, and he, his director filmography on IMDb is fantastic because I would say at the very minimum, 90% of these are animal related films. So he is churning through, he's got most valuable primate, most vertical primate, uh, Air Bud, Seventh Inning Fetch, Air Buddies, Snow Buddies, Space Buddies, Santa Buddies, Search for Santa Paws, Spooky Buddies, Treasure Buddies, Santa Paws 2, Santa Super Buddies, Pup Star, Pup Star, wow. Better Together. It is, he's also doing a TV series in 2019 called Pup Academy. Just so many animal films. This guy is a machine. It's incredible. So yeah, I guess, you know, it's like you have the infrastructure built and you just... Yeah. Give me that script. No, I need it, a dog. It, it, I need a primate. Throw in a raccoon. Let's go. And it's just funny to me because like in, in Winnipeg, we have, a, it's part of our industry, very, our film industry, huge here. Like from like September onwards, I can guarantee you almost anywhere you go, you're going to bump into a set for a Hallmark movie because we look like any town. Like we have areas that could be New York. We have areas that could be Chicago. We have, we have everything. Like, so I've seen us be many, many different cities many times over but you're always bumping into a Hallmark production. So, and I think Vancouver is very similar in that they're, they're set up for film. Like all of the CW series are filmed there. Everything is just good to go. Like their industry is pre-built. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny to look at it from that perspective and that like they're, the amount of effort I imagine that went into constructing and releasing this film was not very high. I think the hardest part for them was probably convincing the main cast from the first three movies to continue to come back for a fourth one. And this was the last one that featured any of them. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of, it, it speaks to a bit of a money-making machine in terms of children's cinema, which I hadn't considered before and thought was really interesting. Um, with that, I think we're gonna take a quick pause for a commercial break because we're talking about industry and making money. Um, so we'll take a bit of a break and then we'll come back with a little bit more about the movie. And we're back. And so I think let's talk a little bit, because this is a baseball podcast about baseball movies. And while this wasn't much of a baseball movie, uh, I think there was actually some decent play to talk about. Um, I just want to start things off by talking about Phil, the, uh, the small town mailman slash announcer. Um, who spent much of his days uh, really, really, really invested in junior high baseball, doing his best Brockmeyer impersonation. Um, but genuinely, as stupid as it is, I think Phil was one of the most realistic parts of this in terms of like minor league, kind of like radio host enthusiasm, talking about whiffs, talking about like legitimate baseball things that were going on in this movie, even though it was like games being played by 12 year olds. Like, I feel like this, this role could have been like elevated to an art form if mm -hmm. it was like an Alan Tudyk yeah. role. Like this was like, I feel like it was perfectly, he's going for like a bit of a Jim Carrey, 1990s Jim Carrey vibe, you know, nice and over the top. But I, yeah, I thought he was fun. I thought it's like, again, as a kid's movie, I thought that character worked really well. Goofy, fun. And enough of the, like you kind of mentioned like the Brock Meyer, the like, uh, the 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 Atlantic voice uh, kind of going for it, and it's I, I kind of like it. I would like combi yeah, I would I combine was... his role with the sheriff, and like make the sheriff who's not good at his Ooh. job because he's too busy calling middle school baseball games. Oh, he can't find the dogs it's because the Timberwolves are going for the pennant late in the year. That would have been fun. Like, cause yeah. I, I would love to see more of that character if he was doing multiple things in. Fernfield, that would have been fun. Him being the mailman, like you saw one scene of him dro dropping mail off at Andrea's, and uh, and that was it. So. Do we do we know if his role is expanded in the other Airbud films? Like, is this in a character that's universe. big? Is he like um, a part of everything? Talk amongst yourselves. I will. Uh, I will find. That's out. that's what I'm curious. So, I one of the things about this film, in terms of the baseball shot, 
Um, one, it actually shows much more baseball than the scout. Mm-hmm. Like there's actual like kids throwing a ball and stuff. Uh, but two, in terms of like the director, right? He, the things he knows about baseball, if I could tell from this was one, the most exciting play a catcher can make is an infield pop-up. Yeah. Two, there are slides everywhere. Everybody is sliding nonstop, always a slide. Everybody loves a slide. And three, he is a huge fan of the camera following a baseball. Like that is, he was like, this is my, before Christopher Nolan did the whole cities folding onto each other thing and in Inception, he was like, this is mine. In fairness to the following the ball thing, I don't think many people in this movie could actually play baseball. So I think by doing like the camera follow the ball trick, you got away with a lot of, of non-actual plays. That's, prob- that's probably true. That's probably true. Did you guys catch uh, our star catcher, Tammy, pull the Gina Davis? I said that at the beginning to Darby. Yeah, the, the Gina Davis move was a classic. Classic, it, which, you know what? Honestly, if you're going to do a baseball film, having a nice reference to one of the best of all time, that's that's pretty fun. Um, yeah, there's, there's some interesting baseball in it. Uh, more than once, they have a line drive caught by an infielder, then thrown out to first for the out, which at first I thought, okay, maybe they don't know about baseball that that's like an out. But then in other scenes, there is a line drive caught and it's called an out. So I I don't know about that. There's also, I, I had to write it down. There's a double play in this film that's so weird. It's it's a uh, six, five, four double play. So the shortstop catches it, throws to third, yeah, and then the yeah, third yeah. baseman then throws to second. I don't know what the heck would happen. That, there, that was very unusual. Um, I think I kept thinking regular, but what killed me in this movie was when the, the coach did decide to put Buddy in. The initial reason they needed an extra player was because they were only going to have two outfielders. And I thought, what a logical place to put a dog who can run very quickly and jump very high. Let's make Buddy an outfielder. No, no. Buddy was immediately put in at first base first base and I, I just I was like what is and I, I kept just thinking about Moneyball and I'm just like it's not that hard a dog could do it and then you got Ron Washington going it's incredibly it's, difficult it's incredibly hard <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yeah like, I I was a, I was totally expecting because at this time uh Airbud has played football I believe yeah um in golden retriever uh a receiver golden receiver sorry mm-hmm. missed the pun there um and he's played basketball both of those sports require uh, some really fast uh, change of direction uh, and some great athleticism in terms of, of jumping, leaping, both things that would make him a almost perfect Kevin Kiermaier-esque center fielder. His so jump would be butt. incredible. Are you kidding me? He'd be, he'd he'd be snagging and jump. Like, I also feel like it would be cinematically better. I think hey. you could... It's a dog, a golden retriever chasing a baseball is basically what dogs do. That's like a normal athletic dog thing. And having him at first base, and I said this in our our Slack chat before, I was constantly, constantly having anxiety over this poor dog's teeth because people are throwing these absolute Mm. like hammers from second base directly at this dog's face and he catches them all but i'm like that's not that's not how you play fetch with a dog that's not okay for that dog <laughs> and i was genuinely concerned for the dog's well-being throughout the course of this movie and i'm sure he was fine and it was like just you know cinematic tricks but like a baseball is real hard and you know it's not a tennis ball and it, that's not how you play with yeah there's dog. no give there's no give to that um <laughs> So, okay, so there's lots of, there's lots of sliding. There's so much sliding. I all the just, sliding. everybody is sliding all the time. Um, they even, and there was a point late in the last game where Air Bud is rounding, coming home. And I was like, is he going to slide? Are we going to get another slide? And you're damn right. He slides. He <laughs> absolutely he slides got it. his way in. Um, so I have so many notes about the baseball part. Uh, so I, my, my only notice is Tammy is good. Do the pirates need a catcher? She's very good. <laughs> she is very good. She can hit. And as we find out, 
after she ta- after she takes the first strike, she decides no, she can switch it too, and she just switches it around mid at bat. Oh bless her! Took a I lefty. Because I made the same note when we were watching the scout. Because I'm like Steve Nebraska, of course she's a switch hitter. And then Tammy switches it up, and I'm like, yes, girl, you get it. Switch hitter, bless her heart. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, the <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so <laughs> do you have anything in there about Andrea's ridiculous batting stance? <laughs> she's she's got she's got I you know it's it it looks like a batter right she's got like she's got like the waggle she's she's trying um I think Airbud there when he bats um <laughs> I feel Wait. like even the dog is saying like all right this is ridiculous this is I feel like ridiculous like I, I, clearly this is weird <laughs> it's literally just him turning his head and none of those hits would actually land but my favorite part about Airbud the batter is his tiny doggy batting helmet, which is just like an actual hard little helmet, but it doesn't have a brim on it. And it's just like on top of his head, like a little bonnet. <laughs> he's got he's got great outfits. Like let, let's be honest, his little baseball outfit is is tremendous. It's but uh, I, I it took me until the last game to realize that he had a different hat on for the batting helmet. <laughs> the so okay, so the the Andrea is terrible at baseball. She's terrible, like you mentioned, at every sport. Um, but what changes things is some practice, just any practice at all. And she's suddenly quite competent. Yeah. And what a, what a damnation. I'm saying this right now, that coach needs to be on the hot seat. What a disaster. One, she can't evaluate talent. She's just like, not going to call in buddy. Two, she has a single person bench. Come on now. You got to get some depth. Everybody knows that. Three, uh, what are you doing out there when it, when it comes to, she also has a lot of steals. She puts a lot of steals on in a big, a, a, you were down by a lot. That run does not count. So maybe, maybe Air Bud put that steal on late on his own. He went on his own, I hope, man. I hope so. Because I was like, do not steal. What are you doing? Air Terrible. to no one terrible risk um but yeah i i think that that coach has to be on the hot seat frankly i i on it i did like that they made a female coach though i gotta say I did that, that, yeah that's that's that pretty, they pretty didn't good. go like cliche they didn't have like a, a male coach it was a female coach leading pretty much an all-boys team up to the point andrea and tammy came out and tried out so i thought that that was kind of a nice and they made, it was played very normally and I, and I did really like that I made a note about Fr- that. frankly though the next year I think she was holding them back and I want Tammy player coach oh I love it yeah Tammy Tammy's clearly the this Best is this manager. is just she she's she's the LeBron she's she's carrying this let's just let's not let's not let's not beat around the bush this is Tammy's team and we're all just surrounding it Tammy's world and we just we just live here I can't she I can't get, argue with you she might get called up to high school next year <laughs> um she, she but, might yeah before we talk about who we would take uh in in given the opportunity to pick one of these players and i'm pretty sure we'll all take the same one um but i don't know this could be contentious we'll i don't know we'll see what everybody picks um i want to talk a little bit about the finale um yes this movie i think typically would have ended with the timberwolves winning the championship which they yeah did. they come they come back they come back some great stuff actually what i kind of liked i mean obviously it was going to be andrea that that comes through with the big hit but i do think that it was nice that they 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 gave airbud gets a a infield single yeah thanks to, thanks to some errors uh tammy obviously contributes the switch heading you also gave the the little uh, squints. You gave you gave the uh, the the glasses kid. Um, you gave him something. We're actually like, hey, that's cool. Like we've seen him. He doesn't have a line, but he's yeah. we've seen him there. Um, and then leading to 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 Tammy, you know, actually or to Andrea succeeding there. I liked I liked that. Um, yeah. But yeah, they they win. And <laughs> so, yeah. that was it. I was like, all right, great. Yeah, you know, Yay, nice kids movie. Villains are in the pig pen. The raccoon has turned state's witness and like helped to roll on him and, and yeah. given the the Yosemite Sam Sheriff the chance. You know, to Josh is him. back. They have a beautiful family Josh reunion. Yeah. Um, but then we get a little nine months later title card, which to me, I was instantly, man, did that family already have another baby? That's wild. Um, but no, no, no. No, 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 no. It's the Anaheim Angels on the phone. 
and they're looking for a brand new first baseman. Uh, I, I, hold on, I, I have to know who was actually playing first base for the Angels when this movie came out. So this was so. This is something that it it ends with Airbud playing for the Anaheim Angels in the world, leading them to a World Series in the day. Which okay, whatever. Uh, but like they win the World Series. But here's the thing: that movie came out in two thousand two. Guys, who won the World Series in 2002? It was the Angels, but I assumed this is released it was after the it was shot. Was it? Were they? Was the Airbud universe predicting the Angels? I think World the Series? the Airbud universe made this happen. Um, this, this film, this this film came out in June 18th. It's a video at home. Uh, this did not get a theatrical release. June 18th, 2002. So the Angels would have been just mid-season at that point. Maybe it's what they needed to get them through. Air Bud really is the, the champion at the heart of the team. This is now um, two movies in a row where the film has predicted the winner that's been featured in the film of the champ of the World Series. Uh, Scott Spezio, by the way, was the first baseman for the Angels that year. And I feel like he should be personally affronted Air. by this film. Air. I feel like Airbud um, might be a, a might be a bonus over him. But sure. he also had a uh, two sixty eight average with Anaheim overall. What was his two thousand two? Two eighty five. All right, all right. What was it's so home runs? Eighty two. It's very. He had a one fifteen OPS plus that season. That was his bad. best. Not bad, Scott. No, no, his, his yeah, that's his best full season. I always remember him. Oh, for no. a, he had like a colored uh, like um, goatee. He had like a, like a, yeah. he colored it red at one point. Yeah. And he was with uh, Seattle. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyhow. It was actually worth 2.8 wins above a replacement on Fangraphs for 2012. You know what? Okay. So Air Bud, that's a big. Yeah, that's a big. They might, have, some... they might have platooned him. They might have platooned him. Spezio was, was a lefty. He was an infield guy too. So he could have gone to second, I guess, if you really needed that Air Bud bat in the lineup. Um, <laughs> Jesus. And what, and the Air Bud Cannon. He was coached by Joe Madden, who was the bench coach on that Angels team. That's right. Can we talk? That I is a Joe Madden Joe? type of move, right there. And I feel yeah. like I should know this as a Tigers fan, but was that friggin' Alan Trammell at first base? Like that was a Trammell jersey with a number three on it, and I don't honestly remember Trammell ever coaching for the Angels, but I could be wrong. And. I know he, he coached for the D-backs. I know he coached for the Tigers, but I genuinely do not remember him being a base coach for the Angels. And I, I'm absolutely positive I could be wrong about that, but there was 100% a dude at first base wearing it. You know, I don't know who they were playing, actually, come to think of it. Yeah, who did that they predict? I, did, I, f- I forgot to see. They, that would make way more sense. The it, it could have been the Diamondbacks. And, no, because he was... I'm putting way too much thought into this, but there was 100%. More more thought than the air butted. There was four. 100% Alan Trammell standing at first base, which almost made me, but he wasn't playing. He was a first base coach. So I couldn't I couldn't squeak that one in as the player I would pick. Like I picked Mariano Rivera. So, so okay. On this, that note. This film, on this it. note, we have to get to this, but I will say in terms of like unrealistic stuff, the two things, Air Bud playing baseball is the is not as unrealistic as what what we already said, which was nobody in the crowd stops the game and focuses on two missing children and the missing town hero dog. But also, why is the Air Bud going to the major? Like that doesn't even make any sense. He doesn't want that. He doesn't need that. He's living the high life in his town. He's playing every sport. He doesn't want. Why would he want to go? all the way to Anaheim. He doesn't need money. He doesn't, he's just, a, he just enjoys. Ah, uh, that doesn't make any sense. It's he a, it's a weird cap. Yeah, he doesn't need the weird, fame. A weird little epilogue. Um, maybe he just really wanted the kids to get to go to the World Series. Maybe he just wanted the experience. I don't know. Um, he just won yeah. the World Series, retired immediately, was like, get yeah. it. He's like, drop the mic. Peace out. Going to go try to learn a new sport. I think the volleyball movie, um, uh, Airbud Spikes Back, came out next. That was uh, and was indeed, like, All right. Phil the announcer did play the mailman in that film. But those are the only two Airbud movies he was in. Oh, this was his first. That yeah. he. Oh man, so he was like, he went for it, and he got that yeah. second role. Good job, good yeah. job, Phil the mailman. Bless, bless his heart. 
Um, so <laughs> I think as a general consensus, we can say that this is not a very good movie. Um, no, no, I, I, I would, would not. Certainly not listed as one of the worst movies I've ever seen, though. It's a stupid, light-hearted kids movie that you could do something worse than watching. I mean, I watched it yesterday and it it was fine. It did feel kind of long because there was a lot going on. I don't know, have kids and you want to like distract them for 80 minutes, um, you could do worse. This is what I it's... call a back of the van, like in the, not back of the, that's, that doesn't count. Yeah. That, the, that's the, what the professors were what doing. Meant, the small the TV yeah, where you yeah, put in the minivan and you just need your kids to shut up on a road trip. You put this movie on. Yeah, you do an Airbud marathon and you get to where you're going. Um, yeah, I mean, I've watched worse movies than this. Like I, I didn't like feel like my life had been robbed of those 80 minutes. Fine. Uh, it's definitely something where if you're an adult watching it, you're probably going to check Twitter 950,000 times in between scenes. Um, it took everything in my power to not live tweet this because um, I wanted to save my thoughts for this podcast. <laughs> um, so to wrap things up, let's talk about the players that we would take uh, for the Rays in this particular movie. And I am going to lead it off because I think that we may have two different or three different opinions. I think probably two, maybe just one. I will take Tammy 100% to, uh, to be the best raise catcher in the history of the game. I don't know. Um, she would be sensational. Uh, so Tammy is 100% my pick uh, for the raise. I had it down already. It's Tammy. Switch hitting catcher, can do it all. Defense, calls a good game. Uh, I will say, though, I'm a little concerned that uh, she, she couldn't catch that cheese from Randy that ended up breaking her arm or, or you know, injuring her arm. Darby. It was a contusion. Get carried away. I, I was like, that, that's a catchable ball right there. So, but I think, you know, with some, she's still in junior high. So that's a long time of development. Get her in the race system. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's Tammy. It's clearly Tammy. Did, Air Bud swing, yeah. that bat speed is atrocious. It is so slow. He would get chewed. Jacob deGrom, it would absolutely destroy Air Bud. He would make him look like a fool up there. You throw out a Chazro slider. What is Air Bud doing? He's just gonna sit, he's just gonna swing a mile late. Come on now. Get out of here, Air Bud. You got nothing. And you're only playing defense at first base. It's a replaceable position. Air Bud, stick to basketball, stick to every other sport. But guess what, man? You weren't even the best. You were not the best athlete on the field. It was Tammy. Brett, do you have anything to add? Well, I was going to first ask, well, first to, to counter Darby's point, you're talking about World Series MVP, Airbud. Uh, I just want to get that straight. And I'm wondering if... if, if we How sad for Tim race. Salmon and Garrett <laughs> Anderson and J Jim Edmonds and so many talented angels that Airbud is the MVP. <laughs> I'm wondering, though, if we can get maybe the scout that discovered oh. Airbud for the Angels all the way up in Fernfield, Washington. And a junior uh, high team. At a yeah. junior high baseball team. With that being said, I'm taking Tammy. Um, she's the best. And we're meant to assume that, like, that tryout was her first day playing baseball. And she whacked a home run. So what can Tammy do with a couple seasons under her belt? The sky is the limit. Like Darby said, switch hitting catcher. Scoot aside Francisco Mejia. We're bringing in Tammy. Mm -hmm. You know, like an offensively talented like yes. catcher too. Like that's a rarity to be so good on defense and offense and a switch hitter and a quality catcher at that stage. Yeah, there's no question. Tammy, Tammy for the win. Uh, all right. Well, um, if we decide to do uh, Perfect Catch, the Hallmark film, that might be our next one in two weeks. Uh, otherwise, we do have a poll. We'll have, we we'll, may have a poll go up to coincide with this if we get some good suggestions off of the Twitters. Um, but we'll democracy is on the line here because this is what you did last time when we yeah. gave the people a vote. And I'm, I'm starting, I'm starting to become pro uh, dictatorship here <laughs> because we if you're bringing us Airbud seventh inning fetch i don't know i don't know if we can trust you with the vote people i i don't know uh, but we did have a couple suggestions online we are putting all your suggestions into a spreadsheet uh, um eventually 
so that we don't forget them because there have been some very interesting ones uh, and we have a long way to go you guys so every movie that is suggested we will eventually get to some we may watch twice if this goes for for many moons um but yeah i think that's it for us this week we will let you guys know what we're watching next time around either by poll or by our decision because you guys are terrible at this um so with that i am your host ashley darby robinson is my co-host as always and brett rutherford is our intrepid sound tech slash opinion guy in the background beautiful producer man uh and right now brett and i are going head to head um on a sim version of our best ever raised lineups so uh we're about to get real contentious and enemy like so we should wrap this up before that goes because uh, he's probably going to beat me and i'll get real mad about it so with that, you guys have an awesome day and we'll see you back next time.